Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, Effective Documentation, Part 2. Here we go. Tell me about note-taking and documentation and the difference between taking notes, you know, next week, I mean this week, next week, I finally sit down and take the notes versus contemporaneous note-taking. That's a big word you just used. What's that? Yeah, I don't know. That's why I want that. That sounded like Chupacabra. I said it. That sounded like Chupacabra contemporaneous. Yeah. And you know what? You know what's funny about it? I just realized how obvious it is. Managers as note takers for performance reporting has been completely infected, killed, dead, and reborn as a Chupacabra because we say documentation and contemporaneous. Right. Both of which are legal words, as if managers should sit around every day worried about being in court someday. Contemporaneous is just a legal word that means happens about the same time. We, we don't recommend not taking notes in front of your directs. In other words, we recommend taking notes right in front of your directs. You don't have to apologize for or hide what you're doing. We're doing our jobs. The direct who takes offense is taking offense at a false impression of what we're doing and why we're doing it. Guys, as managers, if we're doing the right thing, we're not responsible for every possible response to our behaviors, particularly when our motives aren't just reasonable, they're admirable. And yeah, dudes, it's admirable to document effectively someone's good or poor performance. It is. But taking notes later, and we'll talk about MFRs in a little bit, memorandums memorandums for record, which are essentially you know, cobbled together notes later. Um, taking notes later is the same thing as making them less accurate. Even if a manager were to convince us that she wasn't avoiding the appearance of documentation, in other words, she didn't write things down during the meeting, she waited until a week later or a month later when her boss said, well, you need to document this, and she wrote a long memorandum or email saying all the things that you remember that happened in the previous month, even if, if she could convince us that she wasn't doing it to avoid the appearance of documentation, and, and we don't think she could actually convince us, the problem with that is notes taken later, notes created later, like you can't actually take – just, it just occurred to me, my, my verbiage is wrong here. You can't take notes later. Taking notes means putting things down on paper roughly at the same time it happens. Okay, You can only make a record later. And that is inherently less accurate and not just arguably, but actually less defensible in court. And we all admit it. If you make notes later, if you make a record later, it means you'll have less notes and less is bad for believability. So we use the word contemporaneous because that's what lawyers call stuff that happens at the same time, roughly. Now, just to be clear, contemporaneous doesn't mean at the exact moment. You can take notes after, and I mean right after a meeting, and call it contemporaneous. But it does have to be right after. So if I'm in a meeting, it's 10 o'clock on Wednesday, and then I make some notes on Friday because a couple other things happen Thursday morning and Thursday afternoon, that's not contemporaneous note-taking. Well, there might be a lawyer who could convince a judge that it was contemporaneous, but it wouldn't be as effective as a note right after the Wednesday meeting. So we recommend contemporaneous, and what we mean by that is taking notes right in front of your directs. It can be five minutes later in the meeting. It can be after the meeting if you want, although I've watched managers do one-on-one note-taking. I've watched them do it during the meeting. I've watched them take notes afterwards. Taking notes after a meeting, in my experience, is roughly like 
typing in a meeting. And Mike, you remember a couple of years ago, we had a, a firm come to our conferences and we talked about note taking and they were, they, they really supported our idea that it was handwriting. And this was a firm that went out in the field and interviewed. The firm was set up to interview, to contract to drug companies, medical companies, to interview patients, as I recall, on drug trials. And they would go out to the field and they would ask questions. And it may also have been for insurance and they would ask questions of people. And the moment laptops came out and there was the ability to take notes, they gave all of their people who went out to the field laptops to take notes because it would be easier to search for them and so on rather than the handwritten notes that their people were using. And they put laptops out there and immediately started getting less good notes. And more importantly, the drug trial people they were interviewing didn't like it because they would talk for 30 seconds or a minute and they would only hear 50 keys hit and they would say, there's no way that you captured what I just said with 50 keys. And what this company, the CEO told us is people don't believe you're taking good notes and you're not because your brain doesn't store text characters. It stores pictures. So I've discovered in watching managers take notes after one-on-ones that they tend to take very much abbreviated notes. The biggest thing that happened or the smallest thing that happened, the positive thing that happened or the most negative thing that happened. And it, it ends up being much like typed notes rather than actual notes that they wrote. Physical note-taking is always better, and physical note-taking at the same time is best of all. If you guys are listening and you're saying, I, I'm going I'm to go ahead and define contemporaneous as happening right afterwards, if you're doing that in order to avoid taking notes in front of your folks in real time, you won't do it as much as you think you will. That's what we've discovered. The percentage of managers who tell themselves, I need to write that down later, followed by the behavior of not writing it down later, is... I think pretty much like 100%. (laughs) They just don't do it. They just don't do it. It's one of the benefits of why so many technical people love OmniFocus because they they put it into OmniFocus right at the time because they can do it fairly easily. And look, something else. I'm just going to throw this out here. I love you guys. You know that. We wouldn't be giving this stuff away free if we didn't love you. But we could also say it's kind of cowardly to not do what you know is reasonable in front of your directs. But I also know it's hurt, it might hurt your feelings to say that it would be cowardly, so I won't actually tell you that. Oh, you won't? Okay. No, I won't tell. I won't say it. I didn't say, I didn't say it. Guys, I didn't say that. Pretend that never happened. Yeah. As my brother Walt would say, be bold and mighty forces will come to your aid. <laughs> and if note-taking is your definition of boldness, hoo-ah. <laughs> and let me ask you about the form of the notes, because I think a lot of folks get it in their head that it's not, quote-unquote, documentation. And notes wouldn't be documentation if they're not typewritten on a form official yeah. and handwritten notes just seems to some folks, I don't know, too informal. Do, yeah. do you agree with that? I totally, I totally get it. And we're going to, we're going to stand astride common practice and say, you're wrong. <laughs> this is manager tools. Somebody's got to stand, somebody's got to stand up and say, there's a better way. We don't care if you like it. No, as I told somebody, I was in Houston the other day and somebody said, Oh, I don't like what you recommend. And so well, the stuff we give away is free. Don't listen. Don't do it. Easy. You know, I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you there, but look, our definition of note-taking has been subverted, has been perverted into the concept of documentation, quote unquote. 
And too many of us as managers have adopted the idea that note-taking is legal documentation in terms of the form of the note themselves in, in advance of legal proceedings. Let me say something else. 95, ni- no, no, I'm sorry. 99.9% of you will never be in court about an issue with an employee. You won't. Now, I could make a case that the court you really ought to be worried about is HR looking at your notes, but that's not court. It's just HR having power. But guys, it's galactically stupid to think that you, at the moment, at the time when it happens, should be creating notes that can pass muster with a judge in terms of form, okay? You might as well have a legal stenographer sitting there next to you doing shorthand, right? It's galactically stupid to think this. Don't worry when you're taking notes about lawyers or about HR. As a general, don't worry about lawyers or HR at all. You should make them your friend, but you don't worry about them, okay? The act of taking normal notes is the precursor of or precursor to the creation of documentation. Documentation is the legal term for a different form of the notes you take. Guys, we don't need to create documentation. We need to take notes. The lawyers will turn our notes into documentation. All we do is take notes. The legal system will turn it into what the judge would call documentation with stamps, timestamps, and evidence notes, and all kinds of things and entered into evidence and blah, 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 blah. And the best raw material for documentation is actually human handwritten notes. Note-taking to meet a standard, legal standard, in other words, note-taking that is actually at its moment legal documentation it is so rarely applied. It's not ever necessary to do that. It causes us not to take notes. Note-taking is just note-taking. Only later does it become documentation. Take notes however you like. More is better on any kind of paper. Lower the bar for what you call notes rather than raising it to it being a documentation step and then not doing it because it scares people or it's too much work. And guys, let's be clear about any kind of note on any kind of paper. Little yellow sticky notes, as an example, are completely fine in your handwritten scrawl. If you speak to somebody at 10 a.m. about being late in the morning, you can shortly thereafter indicate on a tiny yellow sticky note, neg feedback, N-E-G, F-B-K, 10 a.m. Monday, Okay, I just put 10A and then M with a circle around it, unless I'm talking about a person whose name begins with M, arrived 9.35 this morning. That can be stuck on the front of your one-on-one notebook. And then when your one-on-one occurs, you move that sticky note to the one-on-one form itself. But here's the cool thing. You don't have to talk about it during the one-on-one. You've already given the negative feedback. But that note, which you created to remind yourself that you actually did it, is completely effective, is completely contemporaneous, and is a totally awesome precursor in the mind of a lawyer. It's a totally awesome precursor to documentation that would stand up in court for a manager who is known to use the feedback model in one-on-ones, the manager tools way. You make a note shortly after. Heck, if, you're, if you want to be goofy about it, write it on your hand 
and then write it on a yellow stick. You put it on the oh, front of the don't, 101 Don't paste form. your hand to the 101 folder. Okay, good. And don't staple your hand in the 101. Blood and 101 forms generally don't go together. And and then stick it on the 101 form. And that reminds you that you gave feedback a couple of days ago, but you don't bring it up again. You know, it's only feedback. You're asking them to change their behavior in the future. You don't need to remind them, I gave you six negative feedbacks this week. That's not, that's not feedback. That's punishment. Look, guys, I've testified in court with copies of one-on-one form with clearly the only thing on it, basically, are a couple of notes and clearly outlines of yellow stickies all over it with negative feedback given during a week about this particular person's performance weakness, right? And it's actually in, in one case that I remember very vividly, it was a, it was a person who was constantly rude to other people, loud and dismissive and telling people, go away, leave me alone, don't talk to me in a, in a very brusque voice, in an assertive voice. You know, you do that 10 times a week for like 10 weeks and you get fired. That's what happens. And when you get fired and the, the opposing lawyer says, Mr. Horseman, I can't believe that you think this is documentation. And what happened was the manager went over and talked to this guy and I'll call him Robert because uh, I named lots of people in our cast, Robert. I walk, you know, the manager walked over and said, Robert, can I give some feedback? And Robert rolls his eyes and goes, whatever. And he says, hey, if I'm, you're not ready, you're not ready. And he says, no, fine, fine. I know what you're going to talk to me about. Well, okay. When you talk that way, with that tone of voice, loud and assertive, it's ineffective and it's rude to the fellow team. And we don't, we can't tolerate that here. Can you change that? And he would then go back and write minus F, a dash, and then an F, meaning negative feedback with Robert in the corner of the yellow sticky and the time and the date about being loud and defensive to somebody, let's say Tamara. The lawyer's holding up the one-on-one form in front of me. He says, I can't believe you think that's documentation. And I just stared at him. And the lawyer, the attorney, the counselor says to the judge, will you have him answer the question? And I turned to the judge and said, no offense, Your Honor, but he didn't ask me a question. All I did was say that he can't believe something. I'm not surprised he can't believe something about management. He's not a manager. I am. <laughs> the judge looked at the counselor and said, looked at the lawyer and says, you know, he's right, counselor. You didn't ask a question. So the guy literally then steps in it and says, Mr. Orsman, do you believe this is documentation? And I looked at him and says, it's not, not only do I believe it, it is documentation. Why do you say it's documentation? Because he documented what he did about the negative performance, the negative behavior of one of his directs. He took a note and the judge says, how many of these do we have? And I said, sir, we have about 50. And the guy called the counselors up and dismissed the case. There you go. And that's what he had. That's what we had. Yellow sticky notes, guys. The standard of documentation, what lawyers want in court, is not what we need to produce for them. What we need to produce is contemporaneous notes about the behaviors we engaged in around the behaviors our directs engaged in. It works. Every single time. Yeah, it does. <laughs> six times. Six times I've called in, been called in to testify, and six times we crushed the plaintiffs. What about the other extreme, uh, MFRs, Memorandum for Records? And emails, you know, the idea of either sending an email and having record email or sending an email to yourself, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Are those um, useful or just a complete waste of time? They're unnecessary. They're not a complete waste of time. And I want to spend just a minute talking about email because I had a conversation recently. I told somebody I was going to do a documentation cast. They're like, oh my gosh, you've got to tell everybody my favorite way of doing documentation, which is to send an email to myself. And I said, no, really, I'm not. I'll talk about it, but not in the way you might think. I'll explain why in a minute. Look, we just said that regular old notes are fine. We don't want to confuse things. Plain old notes were all that were required in the testimonies I've given before. But between you and HR and the lawyers and court, there are bosses and there are bosses' bosses. 
you may find that your boss or his boss wants something date stamped. In other words, send me an email so that I can prove that you actually did take the note you say you took about this guy's mistake Tuesday. Send me a note in that way. The, the email system, somebody other than you, a third party, a disinterested third party, the email server has date stamped your email indicating that in fact you did it when you said you did it or they did what you said you, what the, you said they did. They may say we want something that looks official or something that implies there's a higher standard applied than just notes. And look, I get that, but an email that was sent two weeks later about something that happened two weeks before to your boss, because your boss wants an email, a timestamp, that's not contemporaneous, and that's not as powerful as a handwritten note that you can then copy from your one-on-one form or on a piece of paper that you slide into your one-on-one notebook, which essentially becomes a performance record in and of itself. Contemporaneous notes are absolutely more powerful. But look, dudes, don't stiff arm your boss. If your boss says, I want an email, (laughs) holy Toledo, send him an email. So if you get asked to, to create an email, do it. The problem is what so many managers do is wait for their bosses to ask for an email and then they don't have contemporaneous notes. And they think that emails with a timestamp on them is somehow contemporaneous notes. It's not. Contemporaneous means happening at the same time or nearly so. Now, if you have contemporaneous notes, handwritten notes, and to be clear, guys, I'm not suggesting you go back to your desk and go, I've got six contemporaneous notes here from the last couple of days. I need to write myself an email so the company timestamps this. You don't need to do that. I don't want to get into the legal ramifications of it, but if you testify in court that you wrote that note and you show with other directs that you have a habit of taking notes on a weekly basis or on a daily basis and putting them into a weekly binder where you sit down and talk to your directs each week, you are the company. You don't need a legal timestamp. You are the company, and when you write it down and you show this pattern of writing it down elsewhere, the judge is going to say, this is a manager who does what they're supposed to do. They have a long history of taking contemporaneous notes. I'm going to call these contemporaneous notes accurate. Because you can just as easily fabricate something that one of your directs did and putting it in an email to yourself, and therefore it's timestamped, but it's still a lie. So you don't need the email, but if you have contemporaneous notes and you're doing weekly one-on-ones, and then you send an email to your boss with a list of all the, with essentially a typed up list of all your handwritten notes, that will be perceived by HR and by the legal people that get involved with HR, if in fact it goes that far, as a strengthened case. I've never actually had it happen in a case that I was supporting someone. We were going to have Danny and I record this cast. This had to be Danny's first manager tools cast that she recorded, in part because I was going to have her tell the quirky story. She didn't have tons of emails sent to people about all the mistakes that uh, her direct quirky had made. She just had lots of handwritten notes, months and months and months and months of handwritten notes and and, and notes about negative feedback about this and about this trip and this trip and this trip. But All the emails you want to send aren't nearly as powerful if they're delayed or if they're not in association with contemporaneous notes. What do you think about signatures? A lot of managers tell me, well, you know, I need to document something. There you go, that word document. And I need to get it down on some kind of formal piece of paper. And I need to get the direct to sign it to acknowledge what I'm saying in my documentation. Yeah, the issue about signatures is the issue of does the direct know? And this is a, an interesting area because if the direct doesn't know, if the manager's writing down all their mistakes, 
but the direct doesn't know that there are mistakes, the direct has technically a case to say, I didn't, you know, I was doing my work and nobody told me. And so what some lawyer years ago said, let's get their signature that they actually know. The problem is usually signatures are reserved for what amounts to the late stage coaching model. Let's document stuff before we fire somebody. And the fact is, if you can prove, and 99% of manager tools managers, those of you who are listening, if you're doing one-on-ones, if you're taking notes, if you can prove that you regularly communicate with your directs about their performance, and this is part of why the feedback model exists, because the feedback model supports contemporaneity. If you can prove that you do that normally, then you don't need to have signatures. You just say, I spoke to the direct. If you write negative F, People know what that is. It's negative feedback, okay? Now, I've alluded to it. There are situations where signatures are better for a case against a terminated employee. And I was recently in Atlanta with a great client, Zaxby's, and they were saying, you know, Mark, we really couldn't fire a young kid. And Zaxby's is just a great chain of chicken restaurants. My experience in Zaxby's was just one of the neatest, what I would call fast food or casual dining experiences I ever had. Drake and I went, and it was great. But they say, look, the labor law really requires us to get a signature. And, and I had to bow to them. I said, okay, look, if labor law in Georgia or Tennessee in the U.S. says you have to get a signature, fine. And for many managers who are listening, they're like, yeah, we really can't fire anybody around here without a signature. We respect that. In many cases, that's the company building in some defense mechanisms toward the end of the process. We're really talking now about note-taking, which should happen long before a signature is ever required. But I got to tell you, folks, we have never heard of a salaried employee's termination being in any way at risk because signatures were not obtained. It's just not how things work. Again, signatures are to prove that the manager talked to the direct about the problem. The direct knew about the risks their behavior posed to their own employment. Okay, It doesn't prove they knew about the behavior. Of course, they knew about it. They did it. But the signature proves that you talked to them about it. And guys, I hate to say this, but the fact that signatures are always being accused of being forged in court doesn't change some managers' beliefs that somehow they're better. Because there are a lot of managers who forge people's signatures for HR and say, ah, I talked to him. And the kid says, no, I didn't, he didn't talk to me. Well, now it's a who shot John case. Look, if, if I'm going to be a pain in the butt, guys. If signatures were necessary, if they were a standard bit of managerial requirement relative to employees being notified that they were making a mistake, that they were in trouble, that their performance wasn't good, then all directs would simply refuse to sign. Come on. Yeah, right? <laughs> Dude, yeah, there's a better way. There's a better way, guys. Um, signatures is not the way to do it. The way to do it is to show your own pattern of note-taking and thereby indirectly a pattern of communication. Now, look, let me say something else. If you're listening and you're saying, well, I'm not a feedback guy. I don't like the feedback model. I don't really like talking to my people about performance. You know, it occurs to me as I'm thinking about this, I'm talking to the average manager, Jules manager, but if you're not somebody who's doing feedback and you're worried about somebody who's maybe going to go out and going to be not performing well, you're in trouble. And you taking a lot of notes and not talking to your direct is just plain not fair to your direct. You're not doing your job either. The fact that you're reporting on their performance in your handwritten notes, but you're not communicating to them that their performance is, is beneath standards, yeah, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have trouble firing that person, HR. And part of the reason why documentation is called documentation is because it means that the direct knows that they're in trouble. But if you meet with your direct every week 
And I think to myself, gosh, maybe somebody could make, invent a process that's really rock solid about helping managers meet with their process, meeting with their directs every week. It could happen. If you meet with somebody every week, it's very difficult for a direct to assert reasonably, let alone prove that you didn't talk to them on a regular basis about their performance. Simply making handwritten notes about performance, good or bad, on a regular basis are sufficient proof 99 times out of 100. That said, if you ask me to support you when you had 50 notes and you admitted you never talked to the direct about them, I'd say, no, not going to support you because we owe it to our directs. Forget about what we owe to lawyers and HR and judges and court. Let's talk about what we owe to our directs. And what we owe to our directs is candor about their performance. Let me say something else here. Guys, none of what we're recommending here should be construed in any way as denigrating whatever process your firm requires for communicating about the need for performance improvement for a direct. We've never seen a corporate process that is as detailed as our recommendations. Whatever we recommend will dovetail easily and really becomes the front end of the more formal documentation in the event somebody's in a lot of trouble, okay? Whatever we recommend is going to dovetail easily into whatever documents you need to create. Of course, using your contemporaneous notes, duh, and any signatures required to get. So when I say signatures really aren't all they're cracked up to be, I'm not telling you that your corporate system is crap. I'm saying if you do your work in advance, you'll never get there and you keep good contemporaneous notes. When it finally gets to signatures, your direct will clearly know we're in the more formal stage of late stage coaching here. Now, let's go back to this whole documenting thing. Because I think that's the problem directs have, right? They keep thinking about documenting. And the trick is just stop thinking about documenting. Just think about doing your job and taking notes. Yeah. The, The biggest revelation we hear about Performance tracking and reporting on performance is is simple. Managers who stop thinking about, quote, when to start documenting, and those managers who then just simply keep track of performance as part of their regular job on a day-to-day, weekly-week basis, no longer worry about how good their case is going to be for promotion or demotion. And I mentioned it before, the classic case of this in, in my recent history is Danny, who now works with us, years ago, creating a case for termination for a poorly performing direct. And at some point, I'll ask Danny on a cast to tell the story of Corky. She went to HR with all of her handwritten notes, contemporaneous and coaching and one-on-one forms, thinking what everybody else told her, which is you can't fire anybody around here. And HR looked at her and said, my gosh, what took you so long? And guys, that's the response, the right way of managing and, quote, documenting unquote, or note-taking. That's the response. The right way will get you. People are like, whoa, dude, you did it right. HR and lawyers exist to protect the company from managers who aren't doing it right. If you do it our way, they'll support you till the end of time. They'll convince you to tell other managers. In fact, Danny got calls from other managers. How'd you do it? How'd you do it? I can't, I can't believe you did it. And, and Danny said, well, I actually talk to my directs each week and I just take notes on what they're doing. And when he doesn't do well, I talk to him about it. You know what most of her friends said, her fellow peer managers? Oh, that's too hard. (laughs) (laughs) I just proved it. Yeah. In the land of the blind, the one-eyed person is queen, right? Yeah. And so the key here is stop thinking about documenting and just start thinking about taking professional notes. Yeah. Let's just get over this whole documentation thing. 
Let's be a professional. Take contemporaneous handwritten notes in your ugly scrawl. Trust me, it's not near as ugly as mine. Take lots of them. The more we take, the better we'll get at taking them. And by the way, we have a cast on how to take notes, the Cornell note-taking system. We love it. It works great. Yeah, just be a professional and take notes. And don't worry about documentation because when you take notes, you're creating the precursor to documentation and an honest man's conscience is his pillow. Easy. Yeah. Look, guys, somewhere along the way, managers lost the high ground about performance reporting to lawyers and scared directs. But the manager tool's effective manager doesn't keep track of poor performers. She keeps track of every performer. The only way to do that and the only way to do that well is contemporaneously and informally. Wouldn't you want your boss to have more data as he thinks about your performance? Wouldn't it worry you if one of your directs suggested you should have less? Let's all start doing our jobs. Let's all take notes. And rather than calling it documentation, let's just call it what it is, professionalism. There you go. Thanks, my friend. You bet, partner. All right, we'll see you. Thanks to everyone. That's it. We'll see you on the discussion forums, www.manager-tools.com slash forums. See you there. So long.